I'm telling you, that sunshine, today's a, like a day that you're like, yes, this is why I live in Seattle, right? And it like makes you forget the other that we won't mention. But you know what the other does for us? Is that we know that today's glorious. You know what I mean? You know those Californians that live in sunshine all the time? They don't really love sun like we love sun, right? If you're an Enneagram 4, this is your life. If you don't know what Enneagram is, Google it. <laughs> it's worth it. Cold audience on the Enneagram. <laughs> Enneagram 4, my people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just another, oh, and she's from California. You would do better up here. It would suit your soul better. Um, uh, Enneagram is just another like personality deal with life thing. Everyone's nodding. We know. Okay. Um, so um, there's this amazing thing. Yahweh, the creator of everything, made children to share in his love relationship because Father, Son, and Spirit have been love for all time and then we got to join in. And it's amazing, it's just amazing. Because he thinks it's a good idea to make us able to contain his presence. I don't know that that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean it is, because it's his idea. But I'm just saying it's tricky that he would want us, in our humanness, to carry his power his presence, and even more than that, he made it so that we will encounter him through our relationships with each other. It would be more effective if we all only experienced God directly with him. Don't you think? Like, wouldn't that be more like efficient and effective? Because when you encounter God through me, it's a little messy. You don't really get to experience the purity of God through me, right? And back at you. <laughs> I don't really get to experience the fullness of God through you because there's gunk in us. And yet, this is God's plan. This is what he wanted. Because through this, as we are like pouring into each other's lives and, and this encountering deposits of God that I don't have, but you have. And as we're doing this, we're experiencing that community that God is. He wants us to be in relationship with each other in a way that is intertwined, interdependent. Do you know what, you know what I'm saying? It's beautiful and really messy. There are things in me that block the presence of God. So if we were to have a conversation on a good day, you might get 60% God and 40% me. On a bad day, you're getting 99.9% .9 me and 0.1% of him. I'm just being honest. How about you? <laughs> and I, it's just tricky because, you guys, I want to flow with God's goodness. It's his plan that this earth would encounter him through me through you. And don't we just want to do like the very best job of that? It's like, empty me out, God. Like, do all the things and get rid of all the gunk. And Paul says it, well, why do I do the things I don't want to do? 
we're still human. We're still stuck in a lot of ways. But doesn't God have a way to set us free from that stuff? That's what we're talking about today. It's going to be a struggle all of our days on this planet. But we don't have to just be resigned to it. Um, why don't we just pour him out? That's what we're talking about. Vignesh is praying today. Awesome. Vignesh was just in Australia, and he got to discover how wonderful it is there. He told me that I can't keep talking about it, though. He's like, fine, you got your chance to talk about Australia. Be done with it. But it was great, right, Vignesh? It was great, right? It was. I live here, that shows you, like I'm, I've voted with my feet, so. why you actually called me up. What? You're going to pray for the sermon. Yes. Let's go into it. He's keeping us on track today. I appreciate that about you, Vignesh. Pray for the sermon. Father, your word is a two-edged sword that sharpens us through your grace. Lord, we thank you for Justine, for your faithful servant. We pray that you use her today. We pray you set our hearts free through her today. We pray that you use her as a vessel that carries your goodness and grace and faithfulness, Father. Lord, we pray that hearts be set free, bondages be broken through your powerful word that just passes through everything, Father. We believe you're in control and we submit this entire sermon into your mighty hands. You're doing works in our hearts already even before this is going to happen. Mm. Thank you, Father. Lord, we lift all the churches up in the Bellevue area. Lord, we pray that this Sunday not be an ordinary Sunday in any churches, Father. We know that you're making a change in this city mm. as a whole. You're preparing us for something great. Help us not to be distracted with these worldly things, but to be in line with your word, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. And you guys, while we're praying, can we just pray for the world at large? Um, what happened in New Zealand um, over the past few days hits home for me because it's my, my, my homeland neighbours. Um, and it really points to what we're talking about today in that we get to bring God's light to the world and stand against darkness. And so is that okay if we just pray for the world? If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to talk about it out loud, but something happened. And so we're just going to lift, Father, we just, we lift this planet to you. God, we need you so badly. Father, there is just evil in the hearts of men. There are just evils in the hearts of humanity. And, and God, we need you. Father, stir up your church, stir up your kingdom, the body of Christ, to be love in action. God, let us mark this planet with your righteousness, God. We just pray for your presence to hover close in grief and that people's eyes would be open to see you. In Jesus' name. Um, I have some friends helping me today. Come on up, friends. This is Liam, another Australian. And Glenn, who is also awesome. <laughs> so today we've got some friends representing Yahweh. I just zapped you. Sorry about that. 
and um, humanity, okay? So in the Garden of Eden, Yahweh and humanity were face to face. So you guys can stand face to face. Here you go. And they were in relationship, right? And it was awesome. And they were communing and they had this thing between them that was relationship. And then the snake came and said, I guess I'll be the snake today, um, and said, you don't actually need God to have all of this. Did you know that? Yeah, you don't need him. You could actually have it on your own terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be like God. You don't have to worship God. You could be like him, kind of be equals to him. Yeah, you could have the knowledge of good and evil. That's all the difference between you and God. That's the only difference, is he knows good and evil and you don't. Would you like it? Sure. Excellent. Okay, so, takes a bite, and I'm going to scoot you guys over a bit. And then... So, what happens when we what happens when we choose to walk our own way is that we are no longer walking at all. And we think we are. Do I have to talk about zombies again? <laughs> we you, we think we are alive, we think we are walking, we think we are pursuing the right things, right? But we're not. We're just not. But in this place of the knowledge of good and evil, we acquired a terrible burden. Now we know that we can do things to please God and do things to displease God. And we were never meant to know that. We just weren't. We were just supposed to be in this incredible relationship. You know? We weren't meant to know that we could earn love. That's what the knowledge of good and evil is about, right? We can earn love. I can do things, I can change the way I present myself and I can say things and do things in the attempt to make you love me. I can also, if I wanted to do, do great evil and hurt you if I wanted to. And you can do that to me. And so because of that, this relationship, I now want to have a barrier. Because what if you do something to hurt me? I need some protection. That's why when Adam and Eve, after they ate the fruit, had the knowledge of good and evil and they became aware of their nakedness, their vulnerability, their ability to be hurt, and they wanted to cover up and protect themselves. And then this is how we are living. Are you okay? Good. Okay. This is how we're living out our lives. And here's what happens. When you know you can earn love, you get into this effort of self-righteousness. I'm going to earn my place, right? If it's in your own hands, whether somebody loves you or not, the fruit of that is pride if you did good and shame if you fell short. So over here, there was none of that. None of that. It was just pure love. But over here, we have pride and shame. And what pride makes you do 
is judge other people. Because I did better. Why can't you do better? You should pull yourself together. And what shame produces is comparison. They're better than me. I should probably never admit that what I've done, I've done. I'm going to hide. And this comparison and judgment, this pride and shame, controls our lives. And we think that we are upright. <laughs> and we're not. And so, you're going to be here a while, Glenn. I hope that's okay. God, he just stays. He's just always there. You guys, this is sin. Right? Sin is not wanting to do things in relationship with God, doing things on our own, and really just creating a barrier between us and other people. It's the stuff that hurts our relationships. God is just moving all around here today. He's just... <laughs> no, you're good. Just be wherever you are. So that's where we are. We're standing face to face. We were standing in face, face to face with God in love, and now we're sideways. We're just broken. Okay? That's where we are. All right. You guys can just sit in the front row for a minute. How does that sound? But could you just crawl there, Liam? Don't, don't, don't be upright. Stay. There you go. Sideways. Sideways. <laughs> sideways. It's excellent. <laughs> He's laying down. That's, you have pleased me today. You did something to earn my, I like you now. Okay. Um, so years ago, I was at an imaging center where I had to get an ultrasound, and there was a lady in the changing room um, who has changed my life forever. She was frail and elderly, and she asked me if I could help her with her doctor's robe. Um, and I was in my early 20s, and, um, and so I helped her, and I saw when I was tying it for her that she had a complete body brace. Um, and then a nurse came in to help take the brace off. Um, and, and that would, she collapsed then into a wheelchair and they wheeled her out. But as she was, this thing was happening, she, <laughs> this may haunt you forever. So she looked, she looked up at me and said, take your calcium. And I was like, yes, taking all, <laughs> what do I need to do to not have this happen in my life, right? Because without that exoskeleton, without that um, body brace, she can't stand up. And it changed me because we also can't stand on our own, can we? And it's a beautiful illustration of what God does. So come on up, boys. Let's do it again. So we need to be made upside up, right? We need to be uh, rescued from this. Um, and what God could do is just leave us there. Because we already told him we don't want him. But he doesn't, because he loves us so much. Okay. Go for it, God. 
And so he makes us <laughs> upside up and he wraps us in an exoskeleton. And it wraps all the way around and it holds us up and that exoskeleton is called righteousness. Does that make sense? I think that because of the English language, righteousness gets tweaked in our brains as being other things. So this is kind of like a, a moment to, to, to let this sink into our souls. Righteousness is uprightness. So then you're back to having this ability with God again. Does that make sense? What do we do to earn this exoskeleton of righteousness? What do we do? What can we do to get that? Ooh, these are such good answers. Nothing. Put on your armor. No, so yes, yes and yes and yes and yes. Everything you said was so good. I didn't repeat it for the people that are streaming or watching later. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but guys, we can do nothing. There's nothing we can do. And that wasn't a trick question because all of those answers are going to come into play in a minute. But we have to understand that the only reason we can look into the face of God and have any kind of relationship with him is because of what God has done. Yeah. Nothing that we do affects this at all. Do we get it? We have to know this. We have to know this. Because, thanks guys. So the truth is, righteousness is many things, and righteousness um, is mentioned in Genesis, and it's mentioned in Revelation, and the concept of righteousness is throughout the whole Bible. So this is a massive concept. We are not going to get through all of the layers today, but we're going to talk about two functions of righteousness. Are you tracking with me? So the first one is upside up. We could call it upright or right standing. But there's nothing about any of those things that has anything to do with you doing the right thing. Okay? Does that make sense? So I feel like because we think uh, righteousness is right living, then the burden's on you. Have some right living. But it's not that at all. This righteousness is upside upness. Okay? So I want to like change the way we talk about it because that word right messes with us. We have so much baggage because we are knowledge of good and evil people. <laughs> so we just, we hear that. Oh yeah, right living. I do right things. Yeah, I'm all right. I, I make the right choices. And if they made the right choices, they could also have righteous. Do you understand? We like so quickly go to pride and judgment, and comparison. It's so fast. And we think it's godliness and it's sin. There's another part of righteousness, which is this. So he, the Hebrew language is exquisite. It, it is uh, poetry and metaphor and, and art. It is so beautiful. And the English language is not those things. So <laughs> but there's the concept of, of righteousness, all Hebrew words have images that go with them. That's how you have deep understanding about, that's why God's names are of other things, like the banner, the fortress. Like these are images that are supposed to help us understand the layers of meaning that one word can't, you know, God is strong. 
That's one word, but God is my fortress. It gives you more layers, right? Okay, so the righteousness over here is the righteousness of, of, um, of uh, it's so hard because righteousness is an adjective. <laughs> but it's the, do, the doing righteousness, which is not a thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because righteousness is not a verb. But it's the doing of the righteous things. But it's not doing. It's not getting it right. Do you understand? <laughs> Tracking with me? It's this thing. So here's the, the ancient Hebrew um, peoples were nomadic. So they traveled and went to a next oasis. And then they traveled and went to this next place of provision. And they traveled, right? You guys know what nomads are, right? And generation after generation followed the same paths to the oasis and the next to the next provision. Do you understand what I'm saying? There was a nomadic, um, there's a way to be a nomad where you're just like venturing into the wilderness and hoping you find something. That is not God's people, okay? This was their way. And, and they knew that as time passed, that there was a next thing to go to. And they knew because the path was well-worn because of their people traveling the path. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe there was a summer area and a winter area, I don't know, but there were these ancient paths. So this concept of righteousness is that you walk the ancient paths. That's what righteousness means. Because if you stick to the path, you'll have everything you need. If you get off that path, you could wander aimlessly and die. And that's the image of righteousness, the doing of the righteous things. The, it's walking a path. Now, that is what we would probably talk about, the, the Christian behaviors. Like, like, what should good Christians do? What, what are behave, behaviors that good Christians should do? Shout them out to me. Pray, okay? Go to church, read your Bible. Tithe, worship, love one another. More. Care for the needy. Evangelize. Make disciples. Obey the rules. Worship. Hope. Be kind. Yeah. Um, yeah, do good. Make, make difference in the world. There are behaviors we should all do. The problem is, those behaviors does not righteous you make. Do you know what I mean? By completing these behaviors, you don't have a relationship with God. In fact, some of the most moral, good humans I've ever met do not believe in God or have a relationship with him. And it just goes to show that you can walk in the ancient ways and experience the blessing of them, but never actually know God. We've seen that, right? So, sideways you, sideways me, thinks, if I could just drag my sideways body around the ancient ways, 
If I just do the good things, I'm just going to do the good things. I'm dragging. There's a reason why I didn't lay down on the ground, so I'm not going to do it right now. But just imagine I'm dragging myself. I'm clawing a life along the ancient paths. And will it ever earn me upside up? No. You'll never be face to face with God if you think by doing good things, he'll accept you. But don't we go there so fast? Oh, I'm experiencing um, difficulty in my life. I must not have read my Bible enough. I must have done something. Have I done something that God would make me sick because I did something to upset him? Do you hear what I'm saying? Like We have these things that are sideways thoughts. They're sideways living. And we think that that's God. True? But when you are upside up, you guys, when we're upside up and you know you had nothing to do with it and you're looking in his face and you are suddenly wanted, accepted, loved, you are not too much for him. You are not a burden to him. Your needs matter to him. You don't have to achieve. You don't have to be silent. All the things that you feel in the sideways relationships that we have of life, those disappear. Do you know how grateful you are when you've got that exoskeleton on of his righteousness? Then the behaviors of righteousness explode out of you. You can't wait to flood mercy into people's lives. You can't wait to share this overflow of that relationship. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's like a totally different system. Over this side, if you feel like uh, red flags, right? If you ever feel like you are better than someone else or worse than someone else, sideways. You are sideways. You need to cry out to God and say, set me upside up. Right? If you are ever thinking, well, if those people did what I did, they would experience the blessing of God. Sideways thinking. It doesn't matter what it's dressed in. But, but religion and requirement and earning God's favor is not a thing. Can we just like bury it? Can we just like call it dead? <laughs> it's not a thing. But you guys, Satan will just stir that up in you. Man, shame is a killer. Shame, doesn't it just slay you when you're like, I do the things I don't want to do. I don't think I can show my face in church this week. I don't think God would want me to come into the house of God because of who I am. That is a lie. That is a shame lie. He knows you. He knows every human that's ever lived. Do you think you could do anything that shocks him so much that he's not willing to set you upside up? You are not that messy that God can't help you. We just have to keep crying out to him. Anytime, I see this in my own life, you guys. <laughs> Somebody comes and asks me to pray for them, and instead of just being and listening to the Lord, I have solutions for them that worked for me. Sideways. So sideways. Like my solutions, even if they came from God, if I give my solutions to other people, it becomes works. We can impart wisdom, but do you, do, it's such a tiny little difference. Yeah? Okay, so 
Um, oh man, Israel was a mess. And uh, this is right before the Babylonian captivity. There's one more king left in Judah. He's not even a legitimate king in my opinion, but that's for another day. Um, and there's all kinds of alliances going on, Egypt and Babylon. And it just, basically God already said that his, pre- remember we talked about this, God's presence left the temple. That's already happened. And so here we go. They're going into Babylon. And this is when Daniel, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, the fiery furnace, Daniel, the lion's den, all of that. That's all about to happen or is happening. It's kind of like at the same time. But this is a promise because God says, I'm not going to lead you sideways for, leave you sideways forever. Okay? For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom and he will do what is just and right. Just and right together makes righteousness throughout the land. And this will be his name, Yahweh Sidkenu. I am is our righteousness. In that day, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. Today, his, the name of God we're looking at is this, Yahweh Sidkenu, the Lord Yahweh is our righteousness. So, prophecy about Jesus. It was about being set free from the law that controlled their lives and they fell short constantly and about being set upside up. Do you see that? So we've talked about righteousness because it's not really a word that we use today. And anytime you see the word righteousness, you want to think the two things. My, the lady with the body, the, the body brace, if you could picture her. I wish I'd taken a photo in some weird... There were no cell phones yet back then. Because, well, I mean, they had flip phones. There was no photo, there was no cameras. Becca, you're looking at me like... I was tw- it's like 25 years ago. Um, you, oh, you wouldn't have taken a photo. I see. She was frowning at me for another reason. You're right. That would have been creepy and weird. I, I get it. Um, but I just wish you could have her in your mind anytime you feel like you are too frail to stand on your own because it's true. But the exoskeleton of righteousness will change you. And the second thing is, is that you would always think of the ancient ways as being an outflow of your right standing with God. That it's, it's nothing that you do to earn his favor. Are we, are we good? Are we on the same page? Okay. So here's our best efforts to do this without him. Can we just run through some scriptures together? Are you with me? It's sunny outside, but it's kind of dim in here. Do you feel that? Do we need some more light in here? We would like sunlight, please. Could you, could you boost us, Adam? All right. Isaiah 64. We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. You know, don't be sad about this. Here's the thing. We were made in his image. We are glorious. We are this wonderful masterpiece and we are designed to carry him. So anytime we do things without him, it is filthy rags. Even the best version of you is just lacking the glory of God. True? Like it's just how it is. So I could try and be a great friend to you, but if I'm doing it in my own strength, it's going to be filthy rags. And you probably are like, I've experienced that. Right, friend? 
Sometimes it's just filthy rags. Sometimes I try to parent my kids out of my own needs for what I need and I hurt them. My attempt to parent them is filthy rags. When I try and encourage my husband and boost him and invest in him, I get it wrong because I'm sideways. <laughs> I'm just trying and there's no power in it. Does that make sense? So I think we just have to be okay with the fact that as wonderful as you are, as amazing and unique as God created you, without him, you're just a shell, right? We get that. And we're capable of amazing things. I mean, we are capable of amazing things. But compare that to the amazingness of God. Get the picture, right? As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, upright up. Not even one. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sidewaysness. I did two versions of this because I love it so much. Psalm 11, for Yahweh is righteousness. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. God's business is putting things right, setting us straight up. Once we're standing tall, we can look him straight in the eye. Doesn't this like perfectly explain what goes on when God gives us righteousness? It's so cool. It's like this is the outworking of his righteousness is to set us back up where we can be in relationship with God again. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his free gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous upside up. Is that beautiful? This is, this is the meaning of life. That we would know Yahweh Sidkenu. He is our righteousness. So a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, being warriors. We talked about the armor of God. Check it out. A final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. You don't need God. The knowledge of good and evil makes you like God. Stay in it. There's power there. Because you are powerful when you judge others and compare people to yourself, right? This is the lie that he puts in our lives. If we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We know this, right? We're not battling people. People are not our enemy. No one is your enemy on this planet. No human is your enemy. Who's your enemy? Satan, the enemy. <laughs> There's one enemy. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Do you see that exoskeleton? 
that protection, he makes you upside up and that brace holds you able to look him in the face and it does another thing. It protects you from the tricks of the enemy. So you get out of sideways living and you're upside up and then you don't go back because his righteousness sustains you. We just have to be aware of the schemes of the enemy. He's a tricky one. And you're so easy to target. <laughs> right? You know those people that are just easy to land a joke on? This may just be me. This might be confession time. But I have certain friends that walk right into my jokes. It's not my fault. I was just witty, and it happened to like they walked right into it. I'm not going to call out names. You know who you are. Um, that's how Satan is with us. We just walk right into them. He just lays out a net. We're so predictable. He just goes after that thing again, knowledge of good and evil. You have not done enough to earn God's love. You are so far from him and you'll never, ever be good enough. Ever. Give up. Your addiction is stronger than his love. You are so much better than these other people. You are so righteous. You are so good in your own strength. If only they could live like you, then they would actually be powerful in the Lord. Do you see these these are horrible, prideful, shameful, like tricks the enemy is just trying to fill you with. Does that make sense? Um, I feel like Yahweh Sidkenu is saying... This is my love gift to you, righteousness. It's just my love gift to you. Setting you upside up. No more striving to be perfect. No more worry about falling short. You are seen. You are loved. You are wanted. You are not a burden. Your presence is wanted. He will take care of you. All your needs will be met. Fear has no place there. Say yes. Say yes to Yahweh Sidkenu. Say yes to his righteousness. You guys, if we could just burn up that knowledge of good and evil, wouldn't that be so good for us? Wouldn't it be so good? One day it will be destroyed. We'll get to have that bliss life with him again where we won't be aware that we could do anything to earn anybody's anything, right? For now, we're on this planet and this is the system that rules over it. But we are not of this world. We are not. Your past does not matter. Who you were this morning when you walked in here is covered by the exoskeleton of righteousness. And I think we just need to know it. Practically, this just looks like knowing it. it, it it's paying attention to those red flags. For me, it would be um, my snarkiness. Um, when I like to have power over people. Anyone else? Power over. Brene Brown does this extraordinary presentation of power and power over. We think power is a pie. We slice it up. It's got to be a delicious one, doesn't it? Power has to taste so good. 
you know what I mean, with the good crust that's like perfectly baked? So you want a piece of power and I don't want to cut my piece up for you. I'm unwilling to share this delicious power with you. So the only way to keep you from my power is to have power over you and suppress you and keep you down. That's the only solution if I see power as a delicious pie that can only be cut up so many ways. That's the system of the world, right? The truth is God's empowerment is unending. Unending. If you're full of his power and I'm full of his power, that's a party. That's not a lack of crust. That's like unending crust. You know what I mean? (laughs) With ice cream. I mean, we're talking, you know, but we trade the goodness of God for these lies, the system of sideways living. As we overflow from this relationship, the world is transformed. Just imagine, instead of treating people with judgment, you treat them with this unending mercy because you didn't do anything to deserve his love and so now you can extend it out. True? Like it just, when I prayed about this, this is what I felt him say. This is my love gift to you. You don't have to be sideways anymore and it will change everything. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made upside up with God through Christ. This is who we are, and it is our calling. Yahweh Sidkenu could be the most important name we've learned so far. <laughs> because this is the the way we become the conduits for his power and love to flow through. The stuff that's blocking his presence is 100% knowledge of good and evil. Every time. I don't think there's anything else. True? It is the root of all sin. Doing things in our own strength, thinking that we are like God. We're going to take communion in a minute. And, and as you do, would you talk to Yahweh Sidkenu, the God who is your righteousness, and would you say yes to the exoskeleton? Would you say yes to that fully surrounding breastplate of righteousness that will hold you up and protect you from the schemes of the enemy? Just tell him, I've been living in the knowledge of good and evil. I struggle with pride. I struggle with shame. I'm all the things. I've been so sideways, and I want this. Is that okay? So take it in your own time. And while you do that, we're going to watch a video that really talks about righteousness and justice, this interplay. And would you just let Yahweh Sidkenu 
highlight things to your heart as you listen. Does that sound okay? If you would like prayer about this, we have a team that's available under the cross, um, and they would love to pray with you. Don't go home without this righteousness in your life. Don't leave today until you have it on. Sound good? If you were a praying mantis, it would be socially acceptable to devour your mate. And if you're a honey badger, you have no regard for other animals. You don't care. If you're a panda with twins, it's normal to abandon one to take care of the other. But if humans do any of these things, we would call it wrong, unfair, or unjust. Yeah, why is that? Why do humans care so much about justice? Well, the Bible has a fascinating response to that question. On page one, humans are set apart from all other creatures as the image of God. Yeah, God's representatives who rule the world by his definition of good and evil. And this identity, it's the bedrock of the Bible's view of justice. All humans are equal before God and have the right to be treated with dignity and fairness no matter who you are. And that would be nice if we all did that, but we know how the world really works. And the Bible addresses that too. It shows how we are constantly redefining good and evil to our own advantage at the expense of others. Yeah, self-preservation. And the weaker someone is, the easier it is to take advantage of them. And so in the biblical story, we see this happening on a personal level, but also in families and then in communities and in whole civilizations that create injustice, especially towards the vulnerable. But the story doesn't end there. Out of this whole mess, God chose a man named Abraham to start a new kind of family. Specifically, Abraham was to teach his family to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. Yeah, doing righteousness, that's a Bible word I don't really use, but what comes to mind is being a good person. But what does that even mean, being good? The biblical Hebrew word for righteousness is tzedakah, and it's more specific. It's an ethical standard that refers to right relationships between people. It's about treating others as the image of God. With the God-given dignity they deserve. And this word justice, it's the Hebrew word mishpat. It can refer to retributive justice. Like if I steal something, I pay the consequences. Exactly. Yet most often in the Bible, mishpat refers to restorative justice. It means going a step further, actually seeking out vulnerable people who are being taken advantage of and helping them. Yeah, some people call this charity. But mishpat involves way more. It means taking steps to advocate for the vulnerable and changing social structures to prevent injustice. So justice and righteousness are about a radical, selfless way of life. Yeah, and you find this idea all over the Bible. Like here, in the book of Proverbs, what does it mean to bring about just righteousness? Open your mouth for those who can't speak for themselves. And what do these words mean for the prophets, like Jeremiah? Rescue the disadvantaged and don't tolerate oppression or violence against the immigrant, the orphan, and the widow. And like here, look in the book of Psalms. The Lord God upholds justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, and sets the prisoner free but he thwarts the way of the wicked. Whoa, he thwarts the wicked? Yeah, in Hebrew, the word wicked is rasha. It means guilty or in the wrong. It refers to someone who mistreats another human, ignoring their dignity as an image of God. 
So justice and righteousness is a big deal to God. Yes, it's what Abraham's family, the Israelites, were to be all about. They ended up as immigrant slaves being oppressed unjustly in Egypt. And so God confronted Egypt's evil, declaring them to be rasha, guilty of injustice. And so he rescued Israel. But the tragic irony of the Old Testament story is that these redeemed people went on to commit the same acts of injustice against the vulnerable. And so God sent prophets who declared Israel guilty. But they weren't the only ones. There's injustice everywhere. Yeah, some people actively perpetrate injustice. Others receive benefits or privileges from unjust social structures they take for granted. And sadly, history has shown that when the oppressed gain power, they often become oppressors themselves. So we all participate in injustice, actively or passively, even unintentionally. We're all the guilty ones. And so this is the surprising message of the biblical story. God's response to humanity's legacy of injustice is to give us a gift, the life of Jesus. He did righteousness and justice, and yet he died on behalf of the guilty. But then God declared Jesus to be the righteous one when he rose from the dead. And so now Jesus offers his life to the guilty so that they too can be declared righteous before God, not because of anything they've done, but because of what Jesus did for them. The earliest followers of Jesus experienced this righteousness from God, not just as a new status, but as a power that changed their lives and compelled them to act in surprising new ways. Yeah, if God declared someone righteous when they didn't deserve it, the only reasonable response is to go and seek righteousness and justice for others. This is a radical way of life, and it's not always convenient or easy. It's courageously making other people's problems my problems. This is what Jesus meant by loving your neighbor as yourself. It's about a lifetime commitment fueled by the words of the ancient prophet Micah. God has told you, humans, what is good and what the Lord requires of you is to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Hey, this is John and Tim from The Bible Project. Thanks for watching this video. Thanks, John and Tim. Um, friends, the difference in our lives when we're living out the righteousness of God versus just doing good deeds, do you see the, the difference of that? When I am in that righteous um, empowerment in my friendships, it's different. <laughs> in my marriage, in my, with my kids, in my workplace, in all of the things I do, this is different. Let's choose that. Let's do that. The people in your life need you to be that, right? God's gonna call you to speak into places where no one can speak the goodness of God. It's exciting. So take the bread. and take the blood and spend some time talking to God.
Oh God, our righteousness, we just give up that sideways life. God, we just give it up and say yes to your righteousness, this gift, this upside up life. Lord, fill us with your power to overflowing. Help us to be free from the knowledge of good and evil, pride and shame, judgment and comparison. Make us your people, God. Show us who to speak for, who to bring justice to, who to stand in the gap for as we minister in your power, God. Thank you that you would even be willing to have a relationship with us and use us like this. It's extraordinary. God, we're going to bring our tithes and offerings to